Hey, everybody. I think we might have maybe the most famous guest we've ever had on this podcast, CL, the Korean K-pop superstar. And the funny thing is, some of you may not be familiar, but some of you may realize just how massively huge she is in the world of K-pop. Before we have a discussion with CL, we have a little bit of a rundown, uh, intro, brief history of sorts with Isaac Lee, who you may or may not know is a terrific singer in his own right, and uh, the explosion of K-pop, of Korean culture in general, the world over. And CL is, without a doubt, one of the biggest stars in the world today. So very, very honored to have her on this podcast. Let you guys get into it. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. We have a surprise guest and probably the most famous, 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 really famous person that's been on this podcast. Like genuine, yeah. bona fide, famous person that a lot of listeners superstar. may not know, know about, but she's a global superstar and it yeah. is the artist CL, a icon in Korean pop culture. We had a friend, mutual friend, and I was like, yes, I have to have her on this podcast. And maybe people need a primer on what K-pop is. They may not understand. So before we get into the conversation with CL, I wanted to just have a quick thing with Isaac and Chris, who probably knows very little about K-pop. <laughs> because if you are a fan of CL, people are going to go bananas. Like, for example, my mom, who has only two times, the only other time she's gone bananas like this, when she found out that I would meet somebody was Kim Yuna, the figure skater. Mm, mm. I, I've never seen her lose her mind as much as she did when she met her. <laughs> and I, she rarely reaches out for anything. She found out to the grapevine, I don't know how on social media, that CL and I were doing something. And I don't know how, but that's how much the gossip mill happened. And my mom called me and made sure Grace was on the line to explain clearly that, well, how did this happen? This is the most significant event in David's life. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, my mom's like recovering from cancer. She's almost 80 years old. And there was this like vigor in her voice mm. that I hadn't heard in a while. I was like, what is happening here? And I was like, mom, what's going on? She's like, all of my friends are talking about it. I'm so proud of you, David. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> all those Michelin stars, all those restaurant openings, doesn't matter. Just meeting CL. Just to give you guys a glimpse of how important CL is to Korean culture. My mama doesn't care about anything that I've ever done. Kim Yuna winning the, like one of the greatest figure skaters of all time. And CL. She got just downright giddy for. Maybe some people knew. When I told my wife, again, we talk about it on the podcast that I was going to interview CL. She's like, you know, she's the biggest celebrity you've ever interviewed. Oh, yeah. Without a and doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And she's like, why is she doing your show? <laughs> that was, that, that's the most Asian mom thing I've ever heard yeah. in my entire life. Yeah. Like, she didn't say that, but that was like, 
she's so much bigger than anybody. Um, but I don't know if that translates to American culture. And I wanted to, and she has weirdly influenced a lot of things in American culture. But I think before we get into that, we want to talk about K-pop. And Chris, do you know anything about K-pop? I know very little. And I want to ask you guys this question. Because, Chang, you often talk on this show about how shocking it is that things from your childhood food culture, Korean food culture, kimchi, gochujang, like, became mainstream. Is it as surprising? Is it similarly surprising that K-pop has become not just a sensation in Korea, but this global sensation that BTS as a fucking number one billboard oh album? Like, is that just as surprising or is it different? Yeah. It's so crazy to me that BTS fans globally, like, don't even understand what they're singing, mm-hmm. but love what they're trying to express, got to the point where they helped defeat Trump in the election. Just like, fucking crazy. We had Randall Park on a podcast a couple of years back, and he said, you know, he was going to the BTS concert, and I was a little bit shocked. Because, yes, at that time, they were probably the biggest band in the world, but I think I was still resistant to the idea that anything Korean culturally could, and maybe it's my upbringing that everything has to be sort of subservient to American culture, but it's clearly not the case. And BTS, I listen to, I've tried ever since talking to Randall, I've tried to appreciate it because it's like, how can the, what, 100 million people be wrong? It's hard for me to be outside myself because I always look at everything from Korean culture in a context that it's got to have like a ceiling on it. And what I think is beautiful is you have people now that have none of this neurotic legacy that are just like, no, fuck it. BTS is amazing. Fuck Mm -hmm. it. No, Korean food's unbelievable. Fuck it. Parasite's one of the best movies I've ever seen. I want to get to that point. I want to shed this old cultural cap that I put on myself that has, Mm. I think, understandably been put on myself and a lot of people that are Korean, that this inferiority complex. And it's something that I wanted to talk about because going back to food, I am still in shock that Kim, you know, Korean seaweed, kimchi, like Korean things in general are so beloved. Because even in Asian context, we're always subservient historically to China and Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that culturally, whether it's food or music or now film, they're at the peak and only rising in popularity. It's very hard yeah. for me to accept. So so how does that inferiority complex or like cognitive dissonance play out when you see Parasite win an Oscar, when you see BTS become huge? Like, how does that play out for you? Are you do you see that and you don't trust it? You don't believe it? You think it's, what do you feel when you see that success? You know, there was this uh, viral thing of, Hassan Minaj doing this Vanity Fair piece where he's like talking about Dak Shepard and his attractiveness. And he's like, no, he's a good looking guy, but he's like, for an Asian person or person of color to be considered good looking, they have to be fucking like perfect, you know, mm-hmm. like absolutely perfect. And mm-hmm. I think what he was saying was something that we all talk about in closed doors that he wants to get to a point where if you're a person of color, you don't have to be perfect looking, right? You can be a 6.5. You don't have to be a 9.5. And from an Asian perspective, from a Korean American perspective, I think what's hard for me is I'm trying, it's hard for me to judge because I haven't seen the average Korean band become successful yet. So it's hard for me in terms of like a a pinnacle, in terms of like if it was a, a mountaintop, I can't really judge, even though there's 100 million plus people that love BTS and K-pop and Parasite, as much as I was, it moved me to tears to see the cast win an Oscar and director Bong crush. It's hard for me to put it in the context because I haven't seen that average element excel yet. It's only uh-huh. like the extraordinary who are succeeding. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me just chime in here. Like I, I'm 25 years old. I grew up listening to K-pop grew up watching Korean television, Korean movies. Um, I was made fun of for liking K-pop all throughout my childhood. Through elementary, middle, high school, they're like, you listen to that Korean shit? And like, that was a source of shame for me. 
And to see it since I graduated high school, which was 2013, since then to now, to see it become cool in the Western world and mainstream culture, if I say BTS is cool, like they make amazing music, no one's going to disagree with me on that in the Western world. Like that's insane to me because if seven years ago I said Big Bang makes cool shit or 21, you know, we have CL on, like 21 makes cool shit, people were going to be like, who is that number one? Number two, why are you listening to this Korean stuff? Try to fit in. And like, it's actually like a moment of vindication for me and for a lot of Korean Americans to be like, our culture is also cool. Our culture also matters and that we can make stuff that appeals on a global level. It's not just Korea. It's not just Asia because that's what it was for such a long time or at least it was considered that. But it's appealing to the rest of the world, to the Western world, to the English-speaking audience, to the French-speaking audience, to the Spanish-speaking audience. It doesn't matter like where we've kind of broken it down. That's something really on a personal level, very cathartic for me to see that Korea has become the Hollywood of Asia to a certain extent. Like we're the entertainment export capital of East Asia. And I'm also grappling with trying to justify that in my head of like, uh, did we make it? Like, is this real? Like, are we, is this all or is all a bubble? Then we're going to become not cool again in five years. Like that, there's like a certain level of disbelief with it. So here's the essential question that, that I have about, about K-pop and all of the things that we're talking about right now. Why right now? Is BTS the best K-pop band that's ever existed? Is Parasite the greatest director Bong Korean movie ever made? And Chang, you opened your first overtly Korean restaurant shortly before the pandemic. Like, was it the because you had reached a place where you could make the best nominally Korean food of your life? No. Or did you send something I, in the air? I had I finally had confidence to say it. I don't know if it's the zeitgeist or I have a hard time putting my finger on why things, whether it's kimchi or BTS or you name it. And a lot of this, I think, is just my own neuroses of not being able to appreciate the things that people actually like. And mm -hmm. that's me. That's on me. And I have to figure that out. But at the same time, it is strange that a lot of things Korean are are love. The next thing you know, people are gonna be like, "Fuck wabi sabi." We should look at, you know, <laughs> Korean architecture. That was the OG. Oh, next thing you know, people are like, "Oh, fuck Japanese pottery." It's gonna be about Korean pottery, which is already happening. And at some point, it's such a shift in perspective that it literally is like, "Wait, the world's flat. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not round anymore." It's such a crazy shift. What Isaac was saying, like. He was made fun of. And now everything that you were embarrassed about is now beloved. Like, how are you supposed to reconcile with that? Isaac, can I ask you a question? Can you put yeah. yourself back in the place of the young Isaac? <laughs> young mm -hmm. Isaac who is getting teased for listening to K-pop. And let's say I'm saying to you, like, what is this? This is just like Korean NSYNC. Like, this is yeah. just oh, I heard that so much. a Korean version of American pop or whatever, mm -hmm. like dispel that for me and explain, like, I think it would help me understand why this moment is happening. Like what is different and great about K-pop versus, you know, I mean, cause I, I think it's undeniably linked to, you know, boy band culture and sort of like that Western sure. culture. Yeah. Right? I mean, but, certainly the Backstreet Boys and sync new kids on the block of it all. Those kind of acts did influence Korean popular music and idol music, as we call it, like boy bands, girl bands, all that kind of stuff. But also the origins of K-pop actually is not from boy bands. The origins of K-pop mm. is from a guy named Soteji, who was, I believe, a bassist in a, in a band, but then he got really into hip-hop music. So the basis of K-pop is actually hip-hop. So Soteji was the first kind of like breakthrough. This guy was the Bill Russell of of K-pop. And like he pioneered him and his band, Soteji either. They pioneered like hip-hop as part of popular music in South Korea. And from then on, it was acts like H.O.T., like Zex Keys. And so there's always rap in K-pop because of that reason. And so talk to me like a music major nerd. Like, yeah. what's the difference between a, you know, hip-hop based K-pop boy band and, you know, an American? Like, what makes oh. K-pop unique and special and like BTS great right now? Um, I mean, first of all, it's based on dance music, as is, you know, all kinds of boy band -y, y stuff tend to be. But if you actually look at K-pop, the way that it's evolved throughout the 
basically 30-ish years of its existence as we know it today. Um, since Sateji, through HOT, through GOD, through TVXQ and Big Bang and, and Blackpink. I, I don't know why I'm only <laughs> naming the male bands. Um, there's a ton of great, great girl groups that were also dominating the eras. But now, I mean, BTS was also a hip-hop group when they first started. And so there's a global element of hip-hop became the predominant pop genre in the 2010s. So by the time hip-hop became, in the Western world at least, the predominant genre, K-pop had already established a long canon, a long history of being hip-hop-based music that also has mass appeal throughout generations, throughout cultures, throughout, you know, if you're somebody who's just looking to have a good time, K-pop is was something that was like really easy to just get into. It was also the quality of it, for sure, production value-wise, from behind the console, from behind the cameras, it also got just got better as technology evolved, as as globalization helped uh, bring a bigger audience and therefore bigger revenue. It just became bigger. It just became better, and it's it became a boiling point where, by the time a great act like BTS came along, there was also an infrastructure around them to make them as huge as they could have been. And you know, most credit belongs to the actual artists themselves. I think. But so, last question for you, Chang. Can I just ask you, like, is this what we're seeing at this moment? Korean food having a moment, Korean cinema, K-pop. Do you think we've turned a corner or do you think this is a bubble? I guess I haven't thought about it this way before, Chris and Isaac, but I think my my apprehension isn't because I don't want it to be successful and to be loved. My greatest fear is that this is just a moment Mm -hmm. and not going to be sustained mm-hmm. and that's why you're afraid to kind of over celebrate it yeah because i i want nothing more than this to be continued to be not graded ever on korean this mm-hmm. or k-pop this and it's the conversation we have with cl where i think the goal is just to be considered a great artist to make great music where it truly becomes borderless where no one's labeling anything other than that's great you know and equally or that sucks but I long for the day where no one ever says, oh, that Korean food's really good. If I just think about it from a food perspective, I just want people like, that is really delicious, regardless of whatever it is. And that is where I want us to get to. But my fear is it will always be deemed as Korean. And this goes into a larger conversation. And I don't know if I always agree. We should probably ask Jay Caspian King, who recently has an article about being Asian American in in regards to politics and changing the perceptions. Uh, It's a little bit more complex than that. But my end goal is never to, I think, lose Asian American identity. But in terms of the distillation of excellence, I don't want it to be labeled as anything. I want Mm. it just to be labeled as that's fucking amazing. Right. And right now it's always Korean this and Korean that. And my fear is twofold. One is it will always be labeled. And secondly, is this is not going to be a sustained run. It is a bubble. I think people may just realize this is how paranoid I am in general. I live in a state (laughs) of constant fear. So, and I think it's what CL's trying to do. She's trying to break through. She's, um, I've always used this Metallica analogy, right? You know, Ride the Lightning and all their earlier albums, they, they own their demographic. And for them to do the Black album in 1991, Hmm. that was killing their core audience. And they reached a whole different one. And and in some ways, that's what I think a lot of these Korean artists are doing. But BTS hasn't done. And I don't know. And that's what the conversation I had with CL or what was curious to me was, and I don't know if we have a resolution at all, was how she was trying to go about that. Because in this day and age, I don't think you have to kill your core audience to get to a larger mainstream audience and CL maybe is too big to even do that because she's huge. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was was a roundabout way of me just asking what's next. And that was a conversation. So we'll get into it. I would really want you to speak Korean for your Korean fans. No way. <laughs> Please. What? You have to say something. No, 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 no. I, listen, okay, my, then my, I'm my... getting off my phone, the phone right no, now. No, 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 no. No, you can't. There's three things I can't do that you're very good at. Sing in front of people, dance, 
and speak Korean. And even though you say your Korean's not perfect, it's way fucking better than mine. And I'm just oh, my too Korean's fine. <laughs> it's perfect yes, yeah, compared yeah. to mine. My my Korean is is terrible. I okay. can't. You're, you're gonna. You're putting me on the spot here. My Korean I is am. pathetic. I'm I not. I, I can't. I swear to God, I will shut okay. down. We'll warm up to this. If I was pretty drunk, I could do it just like I could sing when I'm pretty drunk. But the reason okay. my wife is my wife is laughing at me now because the uh, reason I know you is when I started dating my wife. Uh-huh. Oh my God, six plus years ago, mm-hmm. she worked in fashion and she mm-hmm. worked for a lot of different people. She also worked for Alexander Wang. So oh. I, I, that's how I know about you. It wasn't through music per se. It was through fashion. I have friends in fashion and uh. they'd always comment on your style and oh. how it was, I wouldn't say rare, but you're one of the very few Korean personalities, singers, creatives that actually has a truly unique style. And that's how I found out about you first. Not... Your music came second. I knew about you mainly as a muse for the fashion industry. Okay. So that's how I know about you from that Okay, angle. so I should be talking to your wife, not you right now, yes, actually. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. My wife is much cooler and knowledgeable about all things. I love that's, that. So, so, so if I know anything about Korean culture, particularly mm-hmm. K-pop, it comes mm-hmm. from my wife who has kept me informed ever since... We started dating because she's like, you know nothing and you're an embarrassment to the Korean American community for how little you know. That's amazing. I love that. So that's the God honest truth. I've learned everything from my wife and her friends in the fashion industry. And mm. that's how I know about you from your 21 days to now your, your, your solo endeavor. So oh. there you go. <laughs> well, that's good. Love your wife. Would love to meet her. <laughs> One she, day. She, of all the people I've ever told that I'm going to have on my podcast, uh-huh. this is the only time she's actually sort of squealed out loud. Oh, my God. We're best friends already. <laughs> Done. For Done. real. For real. Yes. You know, we, we, we get a lot of people that have come on, but she's of always like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> when I told her that, hey, CL, she's like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, oh, you know, my she's, God. Dave, you get a lot of famous people. Do you understand? She is by far the most famous person you've ever had. Ah! Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you for having me, though. I'm a big fan of you. No, I'm a fan of you. I watch all the shows and I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to him or meet him or whatever, do something out here because, you know, I'm here to represent Korean culture. Um, like I said, well, you're the you're the true K-pop star out here. No, you you can't you can't say that. I am not a K-pop star. You I, are. You know why? It's because you're giving people an experience, like a full experience of Korean culture. Yeah, but you, let's and talk you're about funny. this. And you're funny. No, no, no. That's let's talk about part. this. You're for the most part singing in Korean, although you sing in English perfectly. Mm. Might I add? I think what you do is genuinely more important than what I do because of the audience that you have and the records that you sold. But people also, as a model for Korea, let's just start Mm -hmm. with Korea, not the world at large, because you are a global icon, person, singer, is the fact that from a Korean perspective, what I really admire is that you've broken the mold, right? Mm. You know, like what happened? How did you become so awesomely unique in all the ways you express yourself from how you sing to how you wear clothes and your style, all of that. I think we're very similar in a way where I didn't grow up in Korea. I mean, I went to an international school my whole life. That's how I want to put it. Cause I don't think it really matters like where you were physically. It's just who, what type of people you were raised with. And I went to an international school my whole life. So, you know, back, back up. Cause like, cause a lot of people that are like, wait, How's that possible? They may not even understand what an international school is. So you went to an international Ah, school in Korea. You also went to an international school in Japan. Um, Because of my dad. He's physics. And by the way, he thinks cooking is the most creative way to express yourself. He says that. And it's also very science. It's very scientific of him to say that. But... uh, What? Why are you being it's, shy? Be the dumb, tone that you're creative. Dumb. 
physics is way, way more difficult. So it's easy for him to say that. I can't say something like that. <laughs> He's a physicist. I yes. can't say that shit. So he was there for um, his job. And that's why I was raised in Japan, but in an international school. My whole life, I went to a French school. So, you know, for me, there was really no boundary when it comes to race or language or, you know, I don't really speak one language perfectly. But when I went to Korea, that's when I started my, I guess, career, if you mm-hmm. want to put it that way. But was, there ever culture, was there ever culture shock for you when you were spending more time in Korea? The way I adapted everything was through the industry, except for my family. Everything else, I, Korean culture-wise, I adapted was through music and through the industry I was in. So... By doing it. And I just want to, I don't want to put, this is another thing we have to stop doing is putting ourselves in a box in a way, talking about or separating like Korean culture or, you know, it, we are Koreans, but I don't want to put myself, I never wanted to put myself in a box wherever I perform. It was for the whole world, not just for, you know, it's not just about that. Whatever it is, it's about the song, it's the dance or culture or whatever it is. Just I try my best not to put myself in a box and how I think, just my perspective. How many people along the way, whether there were people in the music industry or the mm-hmm. media that were saying, you need, to, you need to come back inside the box? Oh, my God. Every second of my... <laughs> but it's honestly, it's not just me. I bet... Everyone, including yourself, like you had to fight so many battles when it comes to people defining you or categorizing you, but you're more than just a chef. Like I told you, like you're a pop star. You are because you being a performer, being a chef is, yes, a job, a job. But there's a difference between giving people an experience and just singing for someone or dancing for someone or feeding someone. I think that's a very different thing. And that's why I think you are a pop star. Well, listen, I, I never thought about it that way. But, you know, one of my good friends, Wiley Dufresne, a chef, great chef in America, says mm-hmm. he always makes fun of me because he says, you're a populist, Dave. You just want to make popular mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, is that a knock? I don't think that's a criticism. I'll take that as a compliment. I'll take that as oh a compliment. Oh, my God, that's such, so important because... I mean, there are different types of, I don't, you know, we could celebrate it in many different ways, but especially because like we talked about, we're building something new. We're trying to translate. That's how I want to put it. Why The reason I keep going and why I'm here, I want to make sure Korean culture is translated right here in America or Western culture or internationally. You know, I want it to be because I don't feel like like K-Town, you could live in K-Town and not speak English at all for like 10 years and you could go back to Korea and go on with your life. You know, I feel like it's very because we are so particular culturally, it never was translated and we're doing it now. K-pop is, you are, and I want to be a part of that. But what made you decide because now you live in America what made you mm-hmm. decide I need to get out of Korea after the Pyeongchang Olympics? Like I need, I need a fresh start. I mean, I've been out here. I just never got, I was lost in translation. What I figured is it's not easy to do both because it's a very opposite mentality, opposite culturally. As you know, we're working on it. Tell me how you did it. If you go to Korea and you could, you, they say you have to be there and do everything in Korea, everything in Korean. I mean, not the Korean part, actually. I'll take that back. <laughs> but how would, how would you do it? How do you translate this? I need your advice because that's what I've been working on because it's such a different world. It's harder to express yourself in Korea. There's less cultural... I want to say cultural currency is not the right word. There's less cultural references that people will understand. And it's clear from your music and who you are that you pull from all parts of the world. 
not just music, not just film, not just fashion, like anything and everything is an possible inspiration and something you can draw upon. And as open as the world is, Korea is still sort of, it's very different. When I lived there in the mid nineties, very xenophobic, very fuck you America, very, it's a completely different culture now, but it's still remnants of a closed-minded thinking. And I think you still have a generation of people that don't know anything outside of Korea, even though the world is connected through the internet. And I think it's harder to do something different in Korea, in my opinion, potentially. And and I and also don't want to be judged. you have to do it. I know. No, it's, I don't yeah. want to. I, I, first of all, I'd never open a restaurant in Korea. Or like, like Not a, even a, with me? I would do something with you. It, it just, <laughs> it's just like, I want to have fun. I want to break it down, right? Like, like uh, I like merging things with culture, just like you do with music. You know, like Korean barbecue is a perfect example. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm fascinated about merging it with a Brazilian steakhouse, right? Like walking, have you been to a Brazilian steakhouse before? They walk around the skewers and they, they slice oh, yes, the meat yes, table yes, side. Yes, 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 yes. All that can be kalbi. And some mm-hmm. out like all of that can be Korean. And I, I like merging the different ways of doing something. So it becomes seamless where mm-hmm. people are like, wait, what the fuck am I eating? It's familiar, but it's different. I don't understand what the hell that is. I actually think that's hard to do in Korea. And I think that's my own ignorance and bias in saying that. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound totally crazy and then I'll shut up. But I believe that. But whenever I go to Korea, I'm mm-hmm. always amazed at how progressive things are in food too. Right, mm. particularly, especially when it comes to Korean food, because mm. LA has a lot of innovation happening, but the real innovation in Korean food is happening in Seoul. Mm. And for example, I spent a lot of time in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to countries where there's a lot of immigrants from Korea and they came to that country in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, it's like a time warp. Mm. Food it's is like that, yeah. stuck. Yeah. Because it's natural. They want it stuck there because they're trying to remember where they came right, from. Right, right. Whereas in Korea, the Korean food that's evolving, there's plenty of restaurants and homes that are making it the way it's always been. So there's weirdly a ton of expression in food happening. And I think modern mm-hmm. Korean food is like crazy. Like going back to Korean barbecue, modern Korean barbecue to me is almost like Japanese now. Yakiniku. You see the Hanwoo beef, you see wasabi, mm-hmm. you see, and mm-hmm. it's fucking delicious Mm. but it's weird because the japanese took korean barbecue turned it into yakiniku and now the koreans are taking the yakiniku back and merging it back with korean barbecue of the old school days and that to me is fascinating Mm. so conversely if you did modern korean barbecue with that is japanese influence in america people would have no idea what the fuck it was they're just like oh this is delicious Mm -hmm. But in Korea, I think people understand the lineage of where everything's coming from. Right. Does that make any sense? And I think there's a lot of parallels to music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm digesting it. It's interesting to hear it from, like, see it from that perspective. Or even something um, like, like Chimek, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's simple. It's beer and fried chicken. But, like, look how far fucking Korea's pushed Chimek. It's right. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy. And now you have, like, a lot of the Korean American restaurants that are doing it are like five to 10 years behind where right. Chimek is. What I want is everything to be moving faster to the new where people aren't saying, oh, that's Korean or that's that. Like, I don't want to have distinguishing lines of categories. I hate categories. But don't you feel like we need, because it's never been stamped before, it's never been introduced before, Korean culture. Do you think that should happen first, and then all these could happen. Maybe you're too ahead. Well, let me ask you this, Yo. Would you rather be known for being a Korean artist, K-pop superstar, or just a fucking awesome musician? Okay, see, this is why I'm telling you you are a pop star. This is your choice. Me... I am CL, and that's how I want to be remembered by. But you can't choose how people think about you or look at you. or That's up to them. It's not up to us. Do you really think that? I think there's agency, right? <laughs> there, you have agency when you decide, I'm going to wear the makeup this way, or I'm going to wear an outfit this way. 
people might think that's calculating. No, like you are just going to do it because you have to. You have to scratch this itch. And I think that is not about placating to the masses or saying that like, I'm going to be categorized by this. You're just doing you. But how they, ca- that's what I mean. You are just doing you and, you know, whatever, what timeline you're in, what, where you're at in life, you would make those decisions. But whatever you, those decisions you make, how they take it is not up to you. It is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think I'm delusional. I think that you have agency and that like you can almost. To a certain point, yes. You, you believe the same thing. Like it's that feel the dreams. If you build it, they will come. Like you, you're this hopeless romantic at the end of the day and you feel <laughs> that you can. <laughs> yeah. Through grit and fucking moxie and hard work that you can determine the outcome. Yes. But are we putting ourselves into a box where we're fighting against something are we not just being ourselves and cat? No, like- that's that's what I think it is, and and I think part of putting yourself in the box is the rejection of the box, right? For mm. example, and I'm not, mm. I don't. This is about you, not me, but I'm trying to find some parallels here. Mm-hmm. I never once said I make Asian food. I literally, for decades plus, never said I make Korean food. I never mm-hmm. said I made Asian food. Mm-hmm. Even though was I making a lot of Asian food? Yeah. Was I making a lot mm-hmm. of Korean food? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was done in a way that even a lot of the people that write about food didn't understand the nuance. Mm. And it was also done in a way that I knew that Korean Americans and, and first gen Koreans would talk shit about it. Mm. And I was like, okay, what I want more than that is I want you to hate it. Mm-hmm. Cause at least you have something to talk about. And what I want is more people, just enough, like 51% of people to like it versus 49% hating it. And that was okay with me. Of course, I want everyone to like it. But as long as I have the majority, that's all that matters. And and when I think about making these dishes, you know, it's funny. It's like I never said my restaurant's Korean. It's got a Japanese name mm-hmm. and all of these things. And I knew how people would perceive it as this pan-Asian Fisher-Price food for, for white people. You know, like, fine. Yeah. I never cared about it. What I care about is working. I care about it making being successful. I care about paying the bills. I care about taking care of my employees. I care about people leaving like they got value. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be beholden by expectations. Where I got upset was when people said, you make Asian food or like people would write an article. This guy makes, this guy's uh, an Asian chef. I said, no, I'm an American chef. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you can't say that. You're not white. I'm like, well, fuck you. Right. And that's what I mean from, from my perspective is there's a sense of defiance in you that I really admire where it's, yes, I understand that you're trying to chicken and the egg of going against the grain, but understanding the expectations you can't control. But I mm-hmm. believe that you feel you can control it. I just want diversity when it comes to in general. You no. know, that's what I represent in Korea, breaking I don't know, standards and also here, different standards, but that's what I, why I'm here. And just different perspective in Yeah. But I my, my goal, my goal would we I would love for an American audience, as diverse as America is, to just see you not as a Korean pop star, as someone like, she's just fucking super talented and I want a piece of whatever she does. Thank you. I you know what? If you want to take me as a K-pop artist or just an artist or fashion, because that's, you see, that's how you found out about me from the fashion angle. Like for me, I think I'm at a, I, there's beauty in everything. Whatever perspective you want to take me and you enjoy, I'm happy that I could provide that. Or you hate, I'm happy I could provide that also for you. Because if there's anything I could make you feel by me being myself, because that's something I will always be. And if you feel something out of that, That's why I do this. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. What is next for you then? This that you're talking about the evolution of you as an artist, as someone that is a creative, what is the next horizon for you? My next is always existing because I will always express myself through whatever it is, however I want. Um, Me out here, you know, I grew up on MTV and I never had anyone look like me that was singing the songs I listened to. Right. So that's why I'm here, because I want to be that for myself when I was younger. And for Korea, I I'm going to keep pushing for layers, diversity, just open up a little bit more that there it's okay to be different, which I've been doing for a while. And it's okay to be yourself, whatever that is. But like. I still don't understand why people like K-pop the world over. What the fuck? <laughs> um, first of all, that means you're not, maybe not listening to K-pop? No, I, I, I... you didn't study I, 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 it? <laughs> well, it's not because my Korean is terrible because there's a lot of people that... No, I get it. But I'm still shocked at how much people that don't understand Korean listen to Korean music. It's fucking right. crazy to me. There's beauty to it because it's, Honestly, for me, I feel like it's checking all the boxes. I think K-pop checks all the boxes. Because when it comes to genre, too, like, is it EDM or is it pop music? Is it, you know, is it like hip-hop? Is it, it checks all the boxes. Right. Again, like, I'm still shocked that people eat kim, you know, or they eat kimchi. Like, that's, as mm. it, like, still fucking makes me go, like, what the fuck? Why? Isn't that a good thing? It's or is still it- crazy to me. Because I'm older than you, and I, I still can't believe that these things were like made fun of or vilified. I'm, that's mm. how scarred I am. That now I'm like, maybe I just was born in the wrong era. Because now all the things that were deemed uncool or shitty. Because again, like Korean made, Chinese made, or anything that was quote Asian mm-hmm. made, whether it's mm-hmm. textile or cars. Like, you know mm-hmm. how shitty? People made fun of Hyundai cars or Samsung mm-hmm. electronics all the time. Now they're considered awesome. Yeah. You have to enjoy it, Dave. (laughs) You just have to enjoy it. I can't. I have more Han than you. That's an impossibility. I cannot do that. (laughs) Well, you you don't know about that. (laughs) But yes. Yeah. Like, no, but that's what that Han, everything you're talking about is what got us here. That was the motivation. That was that was the energy that got us here. Can you describe Han in your own words for people that are like, oh, what are they talking about? How do you describe it? I want to hear yours first. It is um, it is a seething passion, anxiety, rage, revenge, all <laughs> these things that boil in you mm-hmm. that will never be resolved. And right. that that is the catalyst for your personality. It fuels you in ways that you hope that it never did. And it can become all-encompassing. It's it's something like my, God, one of my, one of my relatives said there's a reason why, like, she's like, if I die, I'm coming back as a ghost to, like... Oh, yeah, that's a very, yeah, that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, to basically ruin the lives of everyone that wronged me, you know? like Right, right. <laughs> you're like, well... If you tell that to a lot of other people, uh, not of Korean culture, be like, well, that's that's pretty intense. It is, yeah. But, true. but I don't think people understand how intense Korean history has been. Mm. 
Yes. It has not been a good history for Korea for the most part. We went through a lot. Uh, we we didn't, but our, our ancestors past, past, did. Yeah. Yes, they did for sure. But I think Han is when you say you don't understand or you see all these homework that homework that has to be done in Korea. I think it comes from love. It's you say the opposite thing. You know how people talk about what they don't have. And that's why you could say all those things because you have so much love and you see those things because you have that much expectation towards Korean culture. And I think Han too, like it could be seen in a negative way or a very intense way, but everything is everything. It's also for us to get to a good place. It's an energy force. It's a psychological force that motivates us. In all your travels around the world and what you understand from other cultures, whether it's Asia or not, is there anything similar to Han in anywhere else in the world? That's another thing. It's very, very, that's the most Korean word to me. That's how you could define Korean people. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> categorize it as to something, Han is the perfect word. And how important is Han in your lyrics and when you write music? It's always there because if you, like, you know, you understand. Coming from Korean family, like, it's just in you. That's not something you could learn. I mean, maybe you can. I don't know because I am, I am, we're born with it, right? With the family. But I want to put it as a balance. It's balance between, it's accepting that you have that pain or darkness in you. It's accepting it. Not everything has to be always good, always luxurious. I think it's admitting that in life, there's a balance to it, the other side to it. And I think that's what Han is. And do you talk about that in your music? Yes. And the next next album is definitely, definitely... That's what I wanted Talking to ask is what, what was next. So there you go. You answered the, que- the previous question. <laughs> What's next oh, is... Was I not this, answering the question this whole no, time? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. It, it, you definitely did. It's just like one more added element to that. And was it easier to make music when you're younger without all the expectations, you know, where you could just be sillier and be a little bit more frivolous than to realize you have a platform and it has to be a lot more... Not serious in the right word, but there's just more expectation, right? For me, I think it's the opposite because I don't know if you know about... I come from a girl group and K-pop is a very... It has its own system. So coming from that, I think now I could express myself more freely and talk about my stories and have more fun with it. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask too is... So much of my life has been in rebellion to my father. Your father encouraged you to be a musician? Um, he didn't encourage me to do anything, which was very fortunate. Wait, for so me. like he's like I don't want he's like I, I'd like you to become a, a academic as well or your mom was like I want you to be a business person as well. They're like no, fuck it, do whatever that, you want. No, none of that. They So, you know how the grades or whatever I get from when I was younger, they're like, yeah, it's going to be part of your life, not mine. What? You sure your parents are Korean? Like, when did they get so independent? They are. <laughs> they are. They're very, very fully Korean, which I think they had to go through all the standards. They were, you know, just born rebel. So who, who introduced you to music? Why was it? What My happened? Dad. My dad. Your for dad? Sure. He loves painting. He loves, he would write children's book for me to learn Korean. He would draw it personally. He's a very creative creative. Do you have any of those copies left so I can improve my Korean? Yes. (laughs) 
We'll send you, I will send you some for sure. <laughs> I mean, no joke. Even my, my family says my son, who's about almost two years old, they're like, his Korean's better than yours now, David. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, no. We're going. I know. We're, I know. We have homework to do. Um, when you're not trying to be CL the musician, mm-hmm. what is it that you like to do? I don't really have, I didn't really get to spend Just music time. all the time? No, I spend time with my family. Honestly, food has a lot to do with like where I call or how I feel like I'm home. Whenever I'm back in Korea, I go to my grandma's house. And what she cooks for me, like that's the only time I feel like I'm eating. Tell me the if dishes. If that makes sense. Tell me how many dishes. What is she making? Okay, she does kalbijim. Do you know how she makes it? Do you know the recipe? Do you know- I know some of it. She doesn't boil it beforehand in water or does she go straight into the kangjang? Did I tell you I don't cook? <laughs> <laughs> I told you this before. Oh my, you have to. Oh my, I'm going to get the recipe. But she does like kangdenjang and tenjangjige that she told me how to cook. I know how to do that. Does she like make her own denjang and, and yes. kangjang? Yes. So, so it must taste very good then. Yes. And also... I loved seeing, because she does the kimchi. She makes her own kimchi every year still. And the process, seeing that, I'm like, why do you go through this to <laughs> kimchi? But she played a big role with my mental balance with me in this industry and feeling like I'm home or have somewhere to go back to. What does she say when you're being out there performer. She's of an older generation. Is she like, oh, yes, she this is care. awesome? She doesn't give a shit. That's amazing. She doesn't care. And she, whatever, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I complain or I'm like, I'm going through this or she's like, yeah, but, and I hear her stories, her surviving through war and I'm like, okay, I better shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and everything I'm going through is nothing compared to what she went through. So, my mom says the same thing. She's like, this coronavirus is like, this isn't the Korean War. This is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> is nothing. And you and she starts talking about her stories and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I got yeah, nothing. I'll, nothing I'll, to add. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay here quiet. But going back to food. Mm-hmm. So kalbi jim is your, is that the dish? You said that first. Is that the dish that makes you feel all good inside? Because it is for me when I go home with my mom. Yes. Kalbi jim and... But you know, you know, Korean family, you, there's like millions of dishes when you go back. And I love chapche. Uh, she cooks yeah. chapche always. Do you, so do you think chapche is better at home or in a restaurant? I don't know what it is, but at, oh, but maybe home, right? at, I don't know. Because the restaurants have more changirim in there. Yeah, so it's yeah, more... Yeah. It's more unhealthy. The more, more unhealthy for you in the restaurant. Yeah, which... Maybe tastes better. Um, and, and I'll say, I don't think Kalbi Jim is nearly as good at restaurants as it is at Grandma's house. Yes, that is for sure. I don't think, yeah. No. Just, you don't get it at restaurants. No, no. I mean, they have it, but it's not the same. It's not the same experience. And the white rice. For me, the rice is the most important part of what makes everything better. It's the base. Well, pop is everything. People, yeah. people don't understand. You just need rice. That's it. Are you more like a dry rice or a, like a... It's got to be in between. In between. Okay. In between. There's a lot of gap in between. I don't like super sticky. I, okay. I don't like it super dry because that means it feels like it's long grain. Right. I want it to be something where it's a lot like properly cooked sushi rice. Mm. Right? Where Where... With a little compression, it will stick without the sugar and the vinegar, but without that. Right. Where you can get enough toothsome texture, but it's still sticky and you can eat it and you still get the individual grains. Like, I don't understand how people eat any other kind of rice. Korean (laughs) rice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have my argument with people, my friends that are Indian and they love basmati. I like basmati rice. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, also, by the way, I love the sushi rice, too, where there is the vinegar and... So good. Just eating that rice is it's really so, good. So good. <laughs> and people think sushi is so healthy for you. It's definitely not healthy for uh, you. 
No, it's not. No. But do you make your own rice at all, ever? Do you know? I do. I do. With the... Um, I know how to measure it. With, I mean, <laughs> clearly without my nails. Right, right, right. It has to be come to a certain level on your fingertip. And then you have to leave it alone for 50 minutes. After okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there. Maybe I do not know how to cook my own rice. You like it really dry? No, no. Same on the same page yeah. with you. Yeah. That's why rice is so important. Because if you have the perfect side dish, which is main dish for every other country, but for Korea, that's side dish. If it's not with the right rice, right. yeah. Do you find that you can just eat a meal with panchan? And rice, that's it, right? Of course. But of course. I feel like everyone should eat that way. Like, I don't understand I why they don't consider that just a good dinner. It is. It's well balanced because we eat a lot of vegetables. And with the soup where it would warm up your, you know, warm you up. And then we always end with like seasonal fruit, don't we? Always. You know why? Are you a fan of... Asian, specifically Korean desserts? What type of? Yes. Red bean? Yes. Do you, this is where, oh this is where I, 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 I... Do you hate it? Oh, no, I can't do it. I feel like really? we were, All of Why? Asia, for the most part, dropped the ball there. We had butter. We had fat. We could have done so many things with pastries, but we decided to fucking fill it with goddamn sweet red bean. Come on. You we know that why? Is because we... Think about <laughs> you're like mm -mm. no. It's because it. We think about what it does to your body. That's why we're so obsessed with like seasonal fruits and seasonal ingredients. That's fine. Then we should only eat the seasonal fruit. We don't need to make any desserts with sweet red bean. <laughs> no, but saying. red bean. We okay. We consume a lot of calories. Korean food is a lot of calorie, right? And a lot of. And then it cools you down. Right. But there's also a lot of funny nonsense in Korean food, right? People eat, uh, <laughs> you know, tejigori or, or like a, basically bacon. And they're like, no, right. no, it's healthy. It's healthy for you. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good for your skin. I was like, it's also bad for your body. So I don't know <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's good for your uh, mental health. That's what it is. No, it, com I, it comforts you. <laughs> and also another thing that I, you know, do you drink a lot or used to drink a lot? I'm Korean. No, I, I, You're I didn't Korean. drink. What does that mean? What does that mean for people that don't know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I didn't drink at all, and then you know now I know how to a little bit. But Korean people in general know how to drink. A stupid amount, including yourself, right? I used to drink. An ungodly amount. Oh, wow. Really, really okay. crazy amounts. I mean, fun fact, I don't think people realize that soju is the number one most consumed distilled liquor in the world. What? Is yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Why? I think and Koreans how? drink more than any other per capita <laughs> than any other people in the world, too. These are things that I used to be very proud of when I was in my 20s. Now I'm like, that's fucking sad. We're like, we, 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 need to, we need to drop down on that list. <laughs> and we do shots of it's it. So, so dumb. How much booze is consumed. It um, is, yeah. But you spent a lot of time in, in Japan. Mm -hmm. Do you love Japanese food as much as Korean food? It's very different. Very, mm -hmm. very different. Because both, like I said, when I'm back... When I feel like home, it's when I'm eating my grandma's food. But I just, when I was growing up, where I was raised was Japan. So when I came back to Korea, I missed, um, do you know the melon bread? Mel oh, yes. Come on. The melon bread and the melon soda, you know, the the with the ice cream float. I do. Yeah. And it's it has, and you have to have the cherry on top of that. All right. I miss that so much. Who's got the better convenience stores? Japan or Korea? Uh, it's a tough one. That's honestly, a tough one. when it comes to food, I think Korea has way more diversity. That didn't answer my question. Who's got the better ones, though? 
<laughs> oh my god. It's because honestly, one more thing I do miss the tuna mayo. Onigiri. Yeah. It's so good. It's so, it's so good. good. Every time I go back to Japan, that's the first thing I have. But Korean convenience markets are so good too because they have mm-hmm. the kimbaps and. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I'm glad that you decided to answer it, not me, because I couldn't tell you. And also, hey! <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to piss off people in Japan or Korea. After Thank you all, for doing that for me. All yes. the talk we had. It, it, <laughs> no, but that's my childhood, personally. Who's got the best fast food restaurants, Japan or Korea? Like, also, when you're talking about the KFCs, the McDonald's, and... All of that. I They're think fast there. food is Korea because me, when I was on the road, kimbap was my main, main meal. And I think that's Korean fast food. And But isn't like jajimian fast food too? It's got to be considered fast food. No. Yeah. Deliver jajimian? Come on. That's like fast foodie. Yeah. They call that Chinese, but it's very Korean food. Yeah. So Korea. Korea. But I'm also talking about like the McDonald's, the the KSCs. Like for whenever I'm in these countries, I not only try to go to the best restaurants, I love going to all the fast food chains because mm-hmm. I like to make the comparison. I think China's got the best KFC, then followed by Japan, then Korea. But Korea's got the better Pizza Huts. <laughs> but when it comes to Korean Fried chicken. You know, there's local, local ones that are better than oh, all those. Oh, yeah, but, but we're not talking about local. We're talking about the chain. Okay. The, the fast food chains. I weirdly like to keep tabs of who's got the best of what. Even of the convenience markets. I could write you an Excel spreadsheet of... Oh, wow. It's the only time I know to do It's like, who's got the best what? My favorite McDonald's french fries was in Paris, though. What? But honestly, I really feel like it's like what, how hungry you are for me (laughs) and like how much you're craving it or how much stress you're under that you have to, you know, it's just, I don't know. I'll give you an example of something that's a real thing. I don't know if they, they might have changed it. The last country in the world, I believe, that still fried their French fries, McDonald's French fries, in beef tallow, which is beef fat, was Japan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. other country in the world started to fry it in cottonseed oil or some mix. When you fry potatoes in beef fat, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That Done. is, that is, that's, that's it. That's it. Um, that's what are you, now that you're, you're, you're in Los Angeles in America, mm-hmm. what is it that you're missing about Korea and food and culture? Is there stuff that you're like, shit, I can only get that there? Or like, man, I miss eating this here? Because you have to admit, Koreatown here in LA is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Do you know pibimyeon? What is that? Pibimyeon. I know. Is it, It's a noodle something with bibimyeon yes. sauce. It's a type of ramen, but it's dry ramen, but spicy, but it's sweet and sour spicy. So it's not Bibimyeon, it's just bibimyeon. Something like that, but ramen. So I'm imagining I can make ramen with bibim sauce. And I'll make that for you. No, it's different. It's different. You gotta try it. You're good. I know you Listen, are going I'm not, to Listen, how about it. this, CL? I'm not even going to try it. I feel very good that I will make you a very delicious version without even knowing what the fuck you're talking no, about. No, no, no. I'm telling you, bibim... I, Okay, not okay. That's very disrespectful, actually. Can I make you pibimyeon and you make me whatever you were gonna make me, and we'll see which one tastes better. This is a challenge. This is a challenge. Yeah. I'm gonna make. Wait, wait. So I'm telling you, it's hard to beat. It's hard to top. Wait, wait. That. So you're going to make this? You're gonna make your bibimyeon, or mm-hmm. you're gonna make it from scratch? No, it's a package ramen. Package. <laughs> It's instant ramen. <laughs> okay. <You're, laughs> we're still going to do this. You're going to make your package ramen and I'm going to make mine. Yes. Without even knowing what, what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you're going to fall in love. That's what I crave when I'm here. And you can't, you can get that here. Yes, you can. But it's a little, I think the ingredients are a little bit different. But still, I could 
I will challenge you with that. That's the only thing you miss? Not the only thing, but I can't ask for my grandma's food here. So that is what I crave when I'm here. I think I'm going to have to make you kalbi jim. Oh, not to be. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm super competitive. I think I got to beat your grandma. No, <laughs> yeah. you can't. No, you can yeah. never. I'm, I'm throwing down right now. Challenging oh, no. your grandma too. Let's go. <laughs> not challenging my. Okay, okay. You would have to beat a lot of things, including my childhood memories. So I'm feeling pretty confident today. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. So CL. I have an idea. I think we, you need to take me to Seoul and we need to go on an uh, eating trip. Yes, we do. Challenge accepted. Yeah, we do could you probably know get anyone? like. No, I, I'm friends with, uh, I'm a friends with a couple chefs there, but they're all very fancy restaurants. I know okay. nothing. I could take you to the best. Do you, does your wife like tteokbokki? I bet she does. She loves tteokbokki. Yes, I could take you to the best tteokbokki place. And the best coffee. You know how you know Korean coffee. Mm-hmm. That is it. The best. I've never heard that it's the best. It wakes you up. All right, <laughs> for well, sure. I don't want to take any more of your time, but listen. I mean this. I think we could actually do this trip to Korea and have some fun. Let's do it, and I will challenge you with the pibimyeon. I'm telling you. Done. And we're going to do this. I'm, let's film this. I'm going to win. Also, and you are going to learn about K-pop while you're there. That's what we should do. You will have the full K-pop experience. Turn me into a K-pop star. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> On a mission. That was our conversation with CL. Check out her catalog. She is also someone you should look at her fashion style because we talk about that quite a bit. Someone that is considered a muse to some of the very biggest names in fashion, the designers. Very hard to create your own style in Korean culture, and she has done it. And she has definitely done it with her own music and that sound that is so distinctly CL. So listen to all her stuff, and hopefully we'll do more stuff with CL. And my mom is very excited about this podcast. That being said, give us five stars however you rate this and uh, stay tuned for next week's podcast. Thank you. <laughs>